Hi, pal, and welcome to season two of I've Got Your Back the podcast. I am so excited that this season is going to be about entrepreneurship. So if you are an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur and you're curious about how to be one, what it means, how do you embody the mindset or how do you create ways to become an entrepreneur and any lessons there are in being an entrepreneur, then this season is for you. Speak to you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to I've Got Your Back, the podcast. We are in season two, which is all about entrepreneurship, and this is episode five. I am so excited that a good pal of mine who is an entrepreneur and one of my fave people in the world, because she makes me laugh so much, (laughs) is Louise Skipper. And the reason I invited Louise on is we've actually been in business together with Arbonne for... I think it's just under 14 years for you which I cannot believe it's crazy or maybe 13 years or like 13 and a half um so I've known Louise a long time I have witnessed her journey from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur and in that space become a wife become a mum three times and it's just extraordinary and I really wanted to capture Louise's story so that you can hear about it and hear about where she came from how it started where did that entrepreneurial spirit begin how does she continue to um sort of cultivate that entrepreneurial spirit and just lots of tips in between and especially for those of you that's listening that are mums which I know there's a lot of you I really believe this one's for you because to see what Louise does and commit to every single day being a full-time entrepreneur as well as a full-time mum to three beautiful children is just incredible. So I want to capture that today. Hi, Louise. Hi. How are you? And the fact that you're even in the car, I think, says it all. We don't actually have a house. We sold our house a few weeks ago. So uh, <laughs> I love it. Midweek and then my in-laws at the weekend. So the only quiet place, no joke that I could possibly do this is inside my car inside the car great I love it you're making it work um so Louise can you just like share with us your sort of background because obviously everyone can hear you've got a Scottish accent so tell us where you grew up what was like your upbringing like in terms of going to school like education did you always have a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit were you a bit like left of field like I'm just curious to know like your background and more about what that was like growing up for you. So yeah, my name's Louise. I'm I'm th- I just turned thirty eight, um, and I am from Perth, Scotland. Living back here now, but my husband and I and the kids had been living down in Dunfermline, um, but we've sold our we've sold our house now. So yeah, born and raised in Scotland, um, and went to normal school like I wasn't homeschooled or you know mm-hmm. um, I didn't go to a private school just went to a normal nice school and same with high school and I have parents who have had traditional jobs yeah. um, and they're they're um I was I was kind of raised in the environment um very blessed that you know I'd come home from school my parents would you know do our homework with us but they'd help mm-hmm. us prepare programs and the narrative was very much you do your homework to do well in exams to grow up and to get a job where you yeah. can be a con 
contributor, mm. right? Because my contributors um, to, you know, in, in, in every way. So that was how I was raised. So really, really blessed that I had parents that took an interest in my education. Mm. But my means were the pushy helicopter parents, you know? Yeah, yeah. Parents I was scared to take my school report home to. Um, but at the same time, you know, there was no cartoons that we'd done our homework. Yeah. That kind of That's yeah. so cool. And did you find like um so did you go and study in terms of university? What did you end up? Did you do any of that? Yeah, I did. So I did a degree in marketing management, um, mm-hmm. really looking at the side of things, um, which plays a big part of my life now. I didn't necessarily think that at the time at university that we'd have a big because my my major was was marketing um but I've kind of gone into more probably like financey like in terms of what my interests are in mm-hmm. uh, did that and came out of university and went straight into a graduate program with a really really big brand and then from there they gave me my first job from there I got my first you know big girl job yeah big girl job <laughs> um and that's really where I got my first distaste or <laughs> big girl jobs and yeah uh, the, the, the world of the nine to five or five to nine um so everything up until that point was very very normal and reflective of someone who was like middle class brought up mm-hmm. went to uni went down that path yeah and what was it what was the distaste that distaste that's what you said what what was it about being in that so you were a full-time employee you'd done a graduate program which is incredible by the way because I know it's really hard to get into grad programs but even back then but even more so now what was it that you were like probably this isn't for me like what was it I think it was well number one like the company that I was working in I look back now and I realize so many of the things that my my boss my manager at the time did were like he wasn't a good manager and he wasn't a good boss and if I was going back into that environment now I would have stuck up for myself Mm. um but at that time when you're 24 you feel like you've just got to be such a yes person because your career depends on it and your job depends on it and you're really not certain of what your rights are you feel like you're very you, you can go at any minute so you've mm. got on one side of you you've got you know a manager that isn't creating a very nice environment where you're always like he would always kind of throw me under the bus for stuff and I honestly feel like he deliberately made me feel like I was up to my neck mm. um surviving um in terms of workload because he either wanted to like you know bring me on and make me someone that was like gonna kind of learn quickly or he was just a bit of a a bully actually Mm -hmm. so on one side I'm in this environment and I just don't feel taken care of at all I feel that I'm the new girl I'm being like just felt out of my depth there was Mm -hmm. always an like they wanted more they were disappointed um like I could never quite do things well enough or fast Mm -hmm. enough Mm. There was something I couldn't quite put my finger on with him um but on the other side I was very much like well I'm I'm, I'm lucky to be here and yeah. you know, I if I'm out of a job that's that's not good so I kind of had these two 
forces keeping me in somewhere that ultimately I wasn't cut out for it it wasn't cut out for me and I Mm. once the initial sheen wore off of you know you get this company car and I was traveling quite a lot with work I was looking after Mm. their sponsorships and once all of that wore off um, plus the fact that you know you go from being quite broke or living on a student loan Mm -hmm. to suddenly there's like you know 1500 to 2000 pounds landing in your bank account every month you're Mm -hmm. like rich you feel rich (laughs) yeah cha-ching kind of worn off yeah oh like this is like life is just not as fun so there was you know bad management there was a job that was ultimately excruciatingly boring like excruciatingly mm-hmm. boring and there was then just that demand of like getting up in the morning absolutely knackered driving mm-hmm. back and I sound so snowflake generation when I talk about this yeah like, the world but I think the thing that made me exhausted was how utterly mind-numbing the role was yeah yeah suit me and how much I felt quite nervous at work in terms of a wee bit bullied and not Mm -hmm. able to really ask for help yeah well I think you covered off quite a lot of what people experience every day and some organizations I mean not all but a lot of organizations and I certainly felt like you as well at times in my career where yeah you are being bullied and you're younger so you don't have as much confidence and you're you're just yeah the yes person so I was even just thinking about what you said when you were growing up with your mom and your dad you were very nurtured you know you weren't you know you weren't like told you had to get certain grades and there was that pressure but you were nurtured so it must have been such a shock to the system when you've come from that nurtured environment and then you go into this job and then you're not being nurtured. And I think what you're saying is there was unfulfillment. There was no nurturing. Um, and for you, there was there was no, sort of, yeah, apart from the money, there was no sort of incentive to get up each day and go and work in that environment. No, no, no. I remember, um, and I was thinking about this recently, so vividly. So I'm actually sitting inside my Nana's house just now. So my mum and dad live at number 23. My Nana lives lived at number 29. So mm. she was very and I know you were with your girl yeah um and I remember actually because I'd moved home when I first started my job I'd moved out of my flat in Edinburgh about six months to a year in um just because I'm like just you know don't need to be in Edinburgh anymore and I remember early on in my job thinking that I had a tummy bug that wouldn't go away mm. and I had no idea it was crippling anxiety I had no yeah. idea an upset tummy right and mm. I remember um night after night sitting in my mum and dad's bed and I think dad moved into my bed and I remember my mum on one side and my nana on the other I must have asked my nana to come and sleep but I remember them sitting up with me and it was like three four in the morning Mm. and I was and saying Mm. I just don't feel well I just feel sick I just feel sick and I looked back out it was all completely psychological yeah and just that overwhelming anxiety being exhausted and I just think so sad like yeah so 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 sad like I wish I could go back and be like Louise don't be scared of that boss you're gonna have mm-hmm. a break mm-hmm. I'm glad you touched on that as well because a lot of people we know this now being in the wellness industry for the last 14 years 
but like people don't realize when they have stuff going on in their body it's a sign that something's going on in their life like there's some sort of psychological thing going on that ultimately creates some sort of discomfort in your body because you're just you're you're not comfortable in the situation you're in and so I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people I see or tell me all the time they've got headaches like every day they've got upset stomachs they've got um, all these health issues every single day and fundamentally it's because you're going to in an environment where one you said that you don't feel safe two you don't feel as if you're fulfilled or sometimes being valued and the work that you're doing is actually not that great you know so I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of people miss that they miss the, the connection and obviously you've seen it now looking back but the connection of that discomfort in your body is related to something going on for you in your life generally work meaning at you I mean if you think of even the word disease it's like dis-ease yeah everything, everything is at like dis-ease that makes yeah sense. totally yeah. I love that yeah dis-ease so let's let's move on a bit. So thank you for sharing that and being so open. Um, I would love to know. So we we obviously met 14 years ago and we've become pals and business partners through Arbonne, which has been amazing and it's been a wild ride. I just want to ask you, very wild ride. I want to ask you why, obviously you've sort of described the situation you were in at that time because I think Arbonne came not long after that. Like, what was it for you about Arbonne? Because that was you really stepping out of that full-time employee um, mentality and taking an action to create a, a side business or another business alongside your full-time job, because that's what you decided at the time. Why did you decide to do that at that time? And I think you've probably answered it a little bit, but tell us again. And, you know, what was it about Arbonne that you were like, yes, like this just is a good thing for me to do? Um like hope it offered me hope I remember so vividly meeting for a coffee about it just to hear about it real idea no idea walking into that coffee I really thought I was just going to be you know hear about a bit about the brand and I was there to borrow products but I asked the girls I was like wait a minute you're a consultant for this company like what what's involved in that and they told me what was involved in it and the compensation plan and the possibilities and it's like such a before Arbonne after Arbonne time moment in my life because I remember driving back up to Perth on the M80 and feeling like oh, thank you god yeah prayer. this is my lifeline this is my thing this is my hope and mm. you've given me a way out and it was like the clouds parted mm. I felt so excited so excited and mm. yes it's a side business for I would say for most when they start but for me the minute I heard about it I thought this is my ticket out and this is my ticket to the life that I want mm. and I'm happy with yeah oh my god I just get goosebumps all over my body when you said I want now like I look at everything and we're so bad at stopping and just looking around and realizing how good we have it but Mm. when I say out loud that the minute I heard about Arbonne it gave me hope Mm. and that hope 
what's going to it come to fruition it, it did yeah. what I wanted to do and it still continues to and I just thank God every single day I actually yeah. don't every single day I don't know why I said that I forget to a lot of the time <laughs> if I remembered to I would thank God every single day <laughs> for the fact that yeah I got to hear about you know yeah yeah absolutely and what would you say what I mean we talk about this often in Arbonne it's almost like having your Arbonne business is like a degree in entrepreneurship (laughs) and especially for you that's done it for over a decade right it's huge like huge commitment and huge achievement to stay in the business for over a decade and go through all the peaks and troughs um it's just extraordinary so for you like what do you feel you've learned in over a decade so gosh I am one million percent a different person and that's that's not so much to do with Arbonne Arbonne Mm. you know factor sell phenomenal you know health and wellness products and I I love them but Mm -hmm. the environment that I've got to be in for the last 10 years has changed my life Mm. and I'm a, a, a different human being um so number one to be in a company where people have your back and from day one they're like actually like you're you know you're you're so good at this or by the way do you know your skill set is or I can really see this in you Mm. an amazing environment to be in when people pull out the good Mm. and you begin to see yourself in a different light your life changes right yeah where to work every single day and you were being told you're this you're that and the next thing and you take that on and you think gosh I'm a bit, just a bit rubbish mm-hmm. you know your words have power right what mm-hmm. you think how you perceive yourself is is, is ultimately like who you become and we, we know that but being in that environment in Arbonne where I was around so many people who were just happy and ha- happiness is contagious and if you're happy in yourself then you know you're not you're not gossipy you're pulling out the good in others you're seeing mm-hmm. your best light you're telling them that was just like this breath of fresh air for me I got to meet people who became my friends um and are still my friends to this day who were just happy kind nice people mm-hmm. and it wasn't toxic positivity it was a genuine concern and love for others um coupled with a business opportunity that really um you know inspired you to go and read books on business listen to podcasts mm. on um, educate yourself about you know the world outside of your little realm that brought me on so much I felt like I had a master's in business and entrepreneurship yeah. and, and stickability and character mm-hmm. and yeah very very quickly and um that's obviously as time's gone on I've not gone back into the traditional workplace but I've taken on a lot more you know ventures and, and avenues yeah that I feel really confident in and really well equipped in because yeah. Arbonne was my learning ground yeah I love that and actually let's talk about that so when COVID hit when the pandemic happened and I see this in a lot of entrepreneurs and I saw it in you you were like get creative get innovative and you started other businesses you started other income streams um, and I think that's what a lot of entrepreneurs did in that those three years. And we're starting to see the fruition of a lot of those businesses and ideas and creativity. But I would love for you to talk us through, like, what was it 
when the the pandemic hit, what did you decide that you were going to do in those those moments? And maybe talk about your businesses as well and what happened. So obviously when the pandemic hit, I remember being really scared like everyone else. So number one, the concept of a lockdown was really freaky. Mm -hmm. It's like it was freaking me out, right? Being a prisoner in your own home. And then I went through the fear of, oh my goodness, like what's going to happen to my business? Like I've not diversified myself. What's going to happen mm. to my business? And actually, if you look back and realize Arbonne thrived, right? That was yeah. like thriving because all of the elements of the things that like that we're in, mm-hmm. right? So online shopping, independent businesses, B corporations, people mm-hmm. looking for hustles, people looking for cleaner things, health and wellness. All of those buzzwords that are underpin Arbonne are through the roof. So that my yeah. my friends were unfounded. But in that moment, you think, oh, have I left myself vulnerable having one income stream? So I'm, mm. you know, I'm married. My husband, you know, has has a career. He, so he works in the NHS. So that was unaffected, busier than ever. So that was my first thought. That was like, right, what could I be doing? Because Arbonne's not a hard thing to stick at, right? I get mm. handsomely paid for what I do. Yeah. So you'd have to be a bit of an idiot to not stick around at something yeah. like that. Yeah. Alternative that's better. So it's easy to stick at. But I did wonder if I'd left myself a little bit non-diversified. Yeah. So I did a few things. I started a franchise and um, I became a franchise owner, a licensee um, of a company called Empire Gloves. We make and manufacture single-use gloves for yeah. um, medical, you name it. Still do that to this day. Uh, love it really really made the role my own mm-hmm. um directly with the founder and there's actually um this structure company somewhat changed and it's just it's like the two of us so yeah. really love that and again I realized through that that I love although I love working with people I love the very kind of transactional element of business and I've learned mm-hmm. so much about like import export and mm-hmm. and you know that that other side the more traditional side like manufacturing and certifications and um, anything it's really highlighted like how good we have it in Arbonne yeah totally right absolutely oh my gosh um so that was one thing um and the I actually started that with the inheritance that my nana left me Mm -hmm. and I did that deliberately because that's my insurance policy of I stick at that until mm-hmm. I leave a legacy right yeah. until money creates money creates money leaves a legacy yeah. does an impact in the world mm-hmm. so that's um I also at that time um went on uh, a bit of a financial education journey and um it started investing quite seriously yeah um, wow and tell us more because you've got so much knowledge in this space not saying that you're an expert or I'm an expert but I heard you speak about this recently and with so much passion just tell us more about investing because I have started to dabble in it as well and I've noticed after doing a financial uh, education program as well it's funny how we were doing the same things at the same time I realized through that that not many women have the confidence to back themselves when it comes to investing Um, and I would love for you to share like more just for people like women listening I think as well, so like my mum always says, oh, if anything happened to your dad, I wouldn't know what to do. And my mum works mm. full time. She's got her own income and she's got her own money. Mm. But my dad 
very savvy with money as mm. well and um and in, in invests in um again this was only something we did like when we were a lot older um but the point is that he like she doesn't have anything to do with like any bills like yeah. any investments like he'll literally be like fill this form in and sign it it's going in here like so I'm always like mom like get some financial ownership so that mm. you never have in your life right yeah. so thankfully he's like told me my brother's like where everything is but um financial illiteracy amongst females is like an, an epidemic so that was number one became aware of that and I was like I'll never ever want that to be me like I never ever ever want to be in the vulnerable position where my husband is the primary breadwinner or equal breadwinner right mm-hmm. but I you know if god forbid anything happened to him would feel one second of panic about any yeah. of our so yeah. really since day one in our marriage I've been like it just it suits our skill set like I am the person that kind of takes care of all of that mm-hmm. but what happened is I ended up um during lockdown reading a book called The Millionaire Next Door fascinating mm-hmm. fascinating book really old book I think 1993 it was written mm-hmm. and it's an in-depth the biggest ever study done on America's millionaires the people with the highest net worth and mm-hmm. it's just a fascinating deep dive into like who these people are mm-hmm. they are driving Range Rovers right they are not the people with the mansions in Beverly Hills they are the average Joes next door that mm-hmm. have over the years shunned the concept of keeping up with the Joneses yeah buying crap they don't need with money they don't have to impress people they don't even like yeah <laughs> having a low consumption life coupled with what is now a high you know seven or eight figure net worth yeah and I was I became so intrigued by these group of like unassuming millionaire next door types mm-hmm. people contributing giving back philanthropists paying for things in cash and as the world started to change and we became I think as COVID as we went through COVID we became very aware like you and I were not here to talk about COVID or mm. all that but you and I sink in the same hymn sheet right yeah when we and believe that so many things have been uncovered in terms of like who who the powers are in the world like what their agendas are what they would have us all do mm-hmm. and I was like uh-uh. like I'll not be owned by the bank yeah right money will not own me I will mm-hmm. own money and yeah. that I was like I am going hard at this investment thing so I just got like everything we had in control and I'm um and I'm not gonna like bore people but um I yeah like paid off every bit of debt um I've I've absolutely had credit card debt in my life like consumer debt and I've had you know put things on credit cards and not paid them off and done all of that but um through financial education I just began to like join communities and read blogs um and became I guess well versed in stuff Mm -hmm. enough to step forward and start um putting our money into different asset classes so diversify ourselves so yeah. you know, every asset class that you can think of apart from property we actually literally don't even have a house right now <laughs> um, I yeah like we have now it's amazing and I love that and it's really really addictive mm. um, and I feel weird I don't know I feel a bit weird talking about it but it, it it's like because I'm really mindful that there's like a cost of living crisis mm-hmm. but I also think there's a 
you know, I was watching a documentary last night on Channel 4 called Addicted to Drip. And there's this saying apparently on TikTok when someone's like dripping in it, they look wealthy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, it's about this look at how something like 49% of 16 to 34 year olds are in debt buying things to make them look good. And I'm yeah. like, what? Like that to me is just insanity. Yeah, yeah. So I just think now more than ever, it's so important that t- people take um, control of their lives. Like, you know, I'm 38. If we think that we're living on the state pension, we are living in another world. The state pension was brought in in 1880 when the average life expectancy was 54. People retired at, you know, 44. So that part, mm-hmm. they live on for a decade, right? Yeah. People are living- that's going to continue to grow up our children's generation are going to live past 100 mm. so now we're living on a pot filled in part by a country that's dead broke that is never going to last us right mm. so you know particularly because as inflation increases the purchasing power of our pound nosedives so for the average person that's financially illiterate right that isn't investing that isn't putting away that keeps their money in a bank account and that gives them back like two percent they are literally by the day getting poorer because the the purchasing power of their pound is going down against inflation. So inflation's now at what, nine or 10%? Unless you're getting that back on your money, you're getting poorer. And that's why it's so, so important to be so aware of, you know, first of all, like maxing out your tax wrappers every year, maxing out your ISAs, you know, investing into your pensions, looking at like what's going on in in the world's market like not just you know not just having things that you're comfortable with like I know people that are like oh I've got gold and I'm like that's fine that's a bit of a safe haven but have you got every other single asset class yeah and really this is like such so accessible for the average person and um I really honestly think um if the average person was to sit down and look at their outgoings they can really start to cut corners like I know it's yeah. ex- like house downsize yeah downsize your house don't have to drive a german car get a banger go from a to b you don't need to be ordering takeaways you're smoking you're drinking all of this i honestly believe that nine times out of ten people can make sacrifices in order to free up the extra because Mm -hmm. the extra when invested will give you returns yeah absolutely that is another income stream you know once you get more of the extra and invest it return on that yeah stream right yeah absolutely I love all that and it's so inspiring Louise honestly just listening to you speak about this so passionately you've obviously invested a lot of time and effort into educating yourself I'm gonna get that book now because I have to absolutely read it I just love how you say it though it's like the average Joe next door who is just very shrewd, very um, humble, very like just keeping everything simple, not getting involved in consumerism. And I just thoroughly agree with so much of what you said. And I feel as if I've gone on that journey myself the last few years. Like when I like when I moved back to from Australia, I was like the clothes. I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like slowly but surely over the last few years, I've just decluttered minimalized got rid of excess costs that I don't need you know just so many things and I I just think we have all of that within our control like and there's 
so much education out there that's for free like that book would probably cost on audible cost a couple of pounds but if you got the book it'd be a couple of pounds whatever it is and it could give you so much value and just start you off on a path of learning about how could you take even like 50 pounds a month like it doesn't need to be something huge or dramatic I love what you're saying about those small things those small investments and small changes over time the eighth wonder of the world is the power of compound right so just explain that for people that don't know it like the power of compound the power of compound means that if you um compound interest so if you invest what like 100 pound right and you're getting paid a return on it then the next time you get paid that return you're getting it paid on the principal plus what you've already made so it's blowing yeah. on um and the power of compound interest over time is insane and that is how millionaires are made so you know if you start investing when you're 19 by the time you're it's like genuinely very quite young like in your 40s just that putting away and that compounding over time turns into seven figures it's yeah. insane so yeah. look at the other thing i'll say is nobody needs a financial investor nobody should be giving anybody a percentage of anything they make to tell them where to invest it everything i've learned is for free mm-hmm. you'll see people out there that are like you know our fee is like one percent tell you what like one percent doesn't sound a lot one percent is can quickly run into a lot if over time your portfolio is whatever so yeah. that'd be thing. do everything for free use an investment platform like um Hargreaves Lansdowne is one that is is what I personally use it's a mm-hmm. complete platform you know don't invest in managed funds invest invest in tracker funds which are completely free and track you know yeah track your investments all of the stuff that I've done has been 100% free and um, I just want to like recreate that there's no courses I have mm-hmm. no there's no financial guru telling me to do anything there are books that I picked up at the library for free blogs I read for free and mm-hmm. it starts to be really really fun yeah. um, and again my mindset's completely changed from wanting and there's nothing wrong with nice things but being a magpie and you know going into Zara and getting all the things mm-hmm. loving mm-hmm. that to actually what can what can I tuck away what can I sell what yeah. can I can I get cheaper than I'm currently getting what can I do with the extra and who yeah. needs extra right yeah and yeah like you give away 10% so like watching that extra you want the extra to be more because you want to be a person that can give us back so yeah um and I love it Louise it's so it's good like, it, 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 it's it's free and it's available for absolutely everyone and yeah you know yeah. I yeah just I, I really do think it starts with can you free up 20 pound a month can you free up 30 pound a month like where can that start to yeah. start to go yeah. um and yeah it's amazing what that can do over time yeah. on awesome thank you so much for sharing that you've inspired me with a few actions so I'm going to be doing a few things after this um just to talk about I want to um talk about it because I did say there's a, there's a lot of mums that listen to this podcast and you've just round off all of these incredible things that you're doing so you've got Arbonne you're doing investment you've got another business that's a franchise um you also 
I would like to bring two things actually. You also are a wife and a mum to three beautiful children. Um, and you're also a woman of faith, massive faith, which I know. So I would just love, so it's like family and faith. So how do you sort of go about your everyday life with running multiple businesses and multiple income streams, as well as being a wife, a mother and your family and being a woman of faith? Like, what is it? Like, how do you go about that every day? How do you manage that? Faith would be the first word. I mean, I feel like death warmed up today because I didn't say <laughs> like So there's like, when you say it like that, I'm like, wow, hurt. like that, that sounds amazing because in the day-to-day, you just make the next best decision. Like yeah. day-to-day, I'm like, you know, often really, really tired, haven't slept, you know, haven't even been in the shower that morning, feeling really angry at my husband or angry at my kids or, yeah. you know, eating crap the night before and my energy levels are low or you know setting a goal for my business and not quite getting it or you know having a, a bad month in business or you know like a leaking roof like that's just life right mm-hmm. and I just become a bit of a hustler um and you just have to do what like the next most sensible thing and it's a juggle so my husband he's a um he's a surgeon works mm-hmm. in surgeon NHS and his his um his rota it is what it is right um and we've got a five-year-old a three-year-old and a, and a baby who just turned one and um the 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 wee one the middle one and the wee one apart from two days a week for the middle one they're not in nursery or anything so I've got the full time um mm-hmm. have childcare in that respect and it's just like it's just a bit of a mishmash do you know what I mean like nothing <laughs> totally <laughs> it's just a bit of a mishmash um and I, I try my absolute best to say you know I get up before them and I start my day and sometimes I do and I'm like this is the woman I want to be I'm doing my intermittent fasting I'm like taking <laughs> my green shots and all the rest of it yeah. but last night, for example I was up till two o'clock in the morning eating a Kit Kat chunky and looking at holidays in Turkey glasses <laughs> <laughs> on which I normally would right one of the legs has fallen off them <laughs> I'm like that. and then Nathan whatsapps me and he's like quite late and then this morning like I woke up and I was just I feel like death warmed up so yeah. it's just, just kind of muddled through but ultimately ultimately you know I'm a Christian so my faith in God it it, let, it, it keeps things in perspective right mm. I I don't sweat anything too much right yeah money is money is what it is a job is a job it is what it is the most important things in my life are that my family and friends and loved ones and my kids are happy and healthy right I don't sweat the small stuff um we've just been out of this crazy past few years where people deep dive into rabbit holes and there's so much fear and Bill Mm -hmm. Gates doing this and the vaccines are doing that and the government's Mm -hmm. doing this and I slipped down those rabbit holes a little bit but ultimately Mm -hmm. I'm like I can't control any of it right I say to my wee boy all the time Joseph do you know what your one job is to do you trust God with everything in your life and your one job is to have fun yeah and I feel like as a human you know my my one job is to just be a decent person and have fun right Mm -hmm. have fun not not allow anything to steal my joy whether that's people or what's going on in the world or anything like that so my foundation is a foundation of fun right Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. having all that in perspective and when you've got that in perspective and you're like okay 
if everything else was wiped out, right? If a meteor came and took away, you know, my house and all of this and all of this, what mm-hmm. is my foundation and what am I standing on and what am I held fast to? And that mm-hmm. is my thing, right? That mm-hmm. is that God's got everything in control. He loves me. Things are constantly, constantly working out for my good. Mm-hmm. So everything else on top is just quite superfluous and fun and the sprinkles on the cake, right? Yeah. Because everything that matters is is I, I have. Yeah, I love that. So that's where the faith element comes in. And that I would like to think that grace travels over into just holding it together with my kids. Um yeah. it just looks messy, right? Like you yeah. yell at your it will be bad and you feel like you like they're gonna need therapy and then the next day you're like <laughs> um but yeah yeah that's yeah just, it's something honestly Louise it is extraordinary what you do every day and what's the alternative? you may like, not think you might not think it is but from an outsider looking in like I just see it and I think it's so important to call it out because it is extraordinary and you know, my grandpa used to say this a lot, which was, if you don't have your faith, you have nothing. No, your grandpa, your papa. Was, yeah, my papa, I know, obviously, you know, you, you know, he was a very, he was Catholic, but a very, you know, very humble human that that's what he believed, you know, he said, that's the number one thing. And every, like exactly how you described it, like, he was like, everything's working out. It's all fine. It's all good. So I think when you have that bigger belief in knowing you don't sweat the small stuff like you're doing. And you're like, if it's a mishmash, it's a mishmash. If I'm eating a Kit Kat at like 2 a.m., scrolling turkey holidays, then it's fine. It, it, like it is what it is, but you're not going to do You're not going to do that like every single night. Do you know what I mean? Just some days it's going to be a, like that. It's going to be the mishmash. You need to do it. You just need 10 minutes yourself. Yeah. Scroll on your lap. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, um, I think that's it. And I've, yeah I'm just very grateful for my life I've got it I just I look around and I think Louise like you've got it made I'm so grateful to what God has done for myself and my family and I ask him every day like God just give me a strong mindset give me a healthy body and a healthy mind give me energy Mm. give me the day and all the places where I fail where I'm not a good mom and I'm not a good wife and I'm just you know the human in me Mm. I just grace just covers that yeah and give myself grace for that and mm. life now particularly in a, in a business like Arbon as well like we are in commission and there's the sky's the limit which I love because there's not many opportunities like that for people mm. these days but you also have to be careful that you don't always want more and more and more yeah and um, something that I'm very mindful of is life is now like yes. I'm not happy when I won't have that you know I won't you know appreciate this when like this mm. is like right now in this minute talking to Michelle on the phone this is my life yeah so I have to just choose to love it in the minute and it's yeah. great aspirations and it's great to go for the next you know best healthiest version of you but at the mm. same time just absolutely loving life yeah. where you are at and yeah. I think that comes from a foundation of um gratefulness being content being at peace and knowing ultimately what is important yeah wow well what a way to finish (laughs) that was just incredible thank you so much Louise for your time I so appreciate you I'm so grateful that we are pals and that um you were brought into my life because you have been an absolute joy and are and continue to be an absolute joy so 
Thank you so much. Thanks everyone for listening. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I so appreciate your time. And as a thank you, and especially for this season, which is all about entrepreneurship, it's so important to look after yourself from a mind, a body, and a spirit point of view. So as a gift, you can download my Yoga Nidra practice from my website. And this is a guided meditation to really regenerate your mind, your body, and your soul. I hope you enjoy, and I'll speak to you soon.